Let us pray. God of the Sabbath, heal us today. This is your day. See us, call us, disrupt us. May we never be the same. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Mindy and I like to exchange uh, funny cards for, for birthdays and anniversaries with one another. And a few years back, Mindy uh, gives me a card with a picture of Yoda from Star Wars on the front of it. It's just a photograph of Yoda. And on the inside of the card, it reads, now get, get ready, put your thinking hats on. It reads, Yoda won for me. <laughs> now, I forget what the occasion was, but it, it was some, you know, it was supposed to be a romantic gesture on the part of Mindy to Josh. I'll spell it out for you. You the one for me. You the one for me. Okay, here's the thing. I didn't get it. I smiled, I hugged Mindy, I thanked her, but I literally didn't get the card. Okay, now that's embarrassing. I'm even more embarrassed to, to, to tell you how the story ends. It just gets worse for Josh. Um, I think Mindy suspected that I didn't get the joke because I'm hugging her, I'm thanking her, and she sort of like squints at me and says, uh, you, you do get the joke, right? You, you get the card, right? And, and I'm like, oh, I'm totally, I totally get it. And so she says, just to double check, okay, you, this romantic ex occasion is getting more and more awkward by the second, right? She says, okay, you tell me what you think it means, Josh. So now I'm on the spot, and my response is, and this, I mean, this is really what I thought. My response is, well, it's a picture of Yoda, and then on the inside of the card it says, Yodel one for me, like Yodel a tune for me on my birthday. Sometimes we miss the point. In today's gospel passage, a crippled woman is healed after 18 years, and believe it or not, Jesus' opponents completely missed the point. I mean, as bad as Josh on a romantic anniversary card. They completely missed the point. What's tragic about this in the, in the narrative is that they not only missed the point of the Sabbath, this is our Sabbath, by the way, today, but they also, therefore, missed the point of Jesus' whole ministry I wish we had time to go back and look at Luke chapter 4 where Jesus gives this paradigmatic sermon. We, I preached about it earlier this year. He comes into the room of insiders and he says, hey everybody, I've come to fulfill Isaiah. I'm going to heal the lame and open the eyes of the blind and um, set free the oppressed and so on and so forth. That was his whole ministry. He gives them the answer and then now he does it in their presence. He heals someone an outsider, a woman in that culture, and they miss the point. What's even more tragic is to miss the point of the Sabbath, to miss the paradigm of his whole ministry, they, the opponents of Jesus, actually miss out 
on a healing encounter with the Messiah. They miss out on the healing of their own souls. Friends, how do we, you and I, as we hear this gospel reading today, not pull a Josh on the text? How do we not miss the point like Jesus' opponents? Let me give you the answer. We read ourselves into the drama. We are the bent woman that Jesus heals. We are the bent woman that he sets free. What do you mean by that, Josh? Well, some of us are bent, for example, by a lifeless marriage for 18 years. Some of us are bent by a paralyzing depression for 18 years. Some of us for 18 years have been bent by a nagging addiction, by a past of abuse that we cannot shake. Some of us are bent by the wound of a dysfunctional family. Some of us are bent by the betrayal of a friend. Yes, even that can impact you for 18 years. So how are you, how are you bent this morning? as you read Luke's gospel. How are you bent? Hold this question in your heart as we move through this encounter that Jesus has with a crippled woman. Read yourself into the text. Because the point of today, the point of every Sunday, is that you and I, as bent people, might have a healing encounter with the Messiah. Look at the gospel text if you have it printed out in front of you. Notice the details that Luke gives us about Jesus' interaction with this woman. They are incredibly moving. Notice how Jesus engages her. Notice how he comes after her. He pursues her. Luke gives us three specific things that sort of happen in their encounter. Three things that Jesus does in this healing encounter with the woman. Here's the first thing. Jesus sees her, verse 12. Jesus sees the woman. Luke tells us not only that her back was bent, but notice this detail. She was unable to stand up straight. So she's in the crowd. She's bent. She cannot stand up straight. And the teacher over there sees her. We can imagine perhaps that she couldn't even see Jesus. But Jesus saw her. Jesus saw her. If we were reading this story from, uh, with first century eyes, this would be unbelievably surprising to us. Because this is a woman in a man's first century world. This is a bent person in a straight world. This is a broken-bodied outsider in a world of people who must have seen, at, at least that day at the, at the uh, I was going to say cathedral, at the synagogue, they must have seemed to have it all together. But she didn't. And she hadn't had it together for 18 years. She could not even see the person who was to heal her. Mindy and I recently spoke to a group of uh, uh, business people who have recently undergone a um, a tragedy in their, their work environment. And we talked about grief with them and how to get through the next number of months as, as a team. I was just sort of thinking, thinking out loud together, 
with him, and, and it, was a, it was a beautiful time. One of the things that we said was that perhaps more than any other, uh, um, more than any other strategy they could use was over the next few months just to see each other in the office, as in notice each other, really notice each other. When you're at the water cooler and you see the tear falling down your teammates' eyes, your colleagues' eyes, speak to it, acknowledge it, see it, notice it. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be noticed. Maybe you feel like the crippled woman that no one else noticed that day at the synagogue. Friend, the gospel news for you today from this passage is that even if you can't see Jesus, He sees you. He sees you. He sees you in your pain. He sees how you're bent. Here's the second thing that happens. Luke tells us still in verse 12, Jesus not only sees this woman, but he calls out to her. He calls her over to himself. Okay, imagine Jesus stops the service. He breaks protocol. He sabotages the liturgy, right, to call out to this woman. It's possible after 18 years that the community in which she lived had just really just given up on her. Yeah, that's, that's so-and-so. She's been like that for 18 years. We don't expect anything different. But Jesus disrupts the status quo. He switches up the order of things to pick her out of the crowd and to call her to himself. Here's the application for us as bent people. Sundays, Sabbath days, are always about being disrupted by God. Sabbath days are always about being disrupted by God. It's a dangerous thing to come to Mass today because you're in effect saying, meddle with my life, God. Disrupt me. Now, the good news is, because of the kind of soul surgeon that Yahweh is, that disruption will always lead to healing. But Sabbath days are about disruption, disruption of our normal uh, six-day harriedness, busyness, so that we can rest and be changed and nourished. God wants to disrupt us. So Jesus sees the woman. He stops the service, and he calls out to her and draws, him, draws her to himself. Here's the third thing that happens. Jesus says to her, woman, you are set free. And then he laid his hands on her, verse 13, and she stood up straight. Woman, you are free. He touches her. She stands up straight. It was one thing for Jesus, the teacher in the synagogue that day, to notice her. It was another thing for him to call out to her and say, stand up, come over here. It's a, a, a completely different thing for him to touch her. A man touching a woman in public, uh, a teacher, a holy teacher touching a sick woman in the synagogue, unbelievable. It brings to mind that beautiful image of Pope Francis in the last couple of years on one of his papal visits, wrapping his arms around a disfigured man. Did you see that picture? CNN did a story on it. 
The man's name is Vinicio. He has a genetic uh, illness that his mom also had, and it creates growths all over your face, all over your body. His face is completely disfigured. One of the most moving images I've seen recently. And Vinicio's aunt was standing right there with him as the Pope walks by right before he embraces Vinicio, and she says this, when Pope Francis came close to us, I thought he would give me his hand, you know, shake his hand. Instead, he goes straight to Vinicio, she says, and embraced him tightly. His aunt says, I thought Pope Francis wouldn't give him back to me. He held him so tightly. We didn't speak. We said nothing. But Pope Francis looked at me as if he was digging deep inside, a beautiful look that I would never have expected. Vinicio, the reporter tells us, who is accustomed because of his disfigurement to stares of shock and fear, was initially confused by the pontiff's lack of hesitation in his embrace. Vinicio says, he didn't have any fear of my illness. He said, he embraced me without speaking. I quivered. I felt a great warmth. I felt a great warmth. People of God, on this and every Sabbath day, Jesus doesn't want to just fill our minds with data about himself. Nor does he want to just flood our hearts with positive emotions about ourselves or God or the world or whatever. Jesus wants to place his hands on us in a healing way so that our souls might stand up straight for the first time in 18 years. Jesus sees the woman. Jesus calls out to her, disrupting the service. He lays his hands on her and heals her. So how in the world did the synagogue leaders miss this point? How did they miss the point? How do we miss the point? I mean, we get to do this every Sunday. Some of you were alive in 1973 when two criminals burst into a bank in Stockholm, Sweden, and they, had, they were shooting machine guns and screaming crazy things, and um, the criminals took like four hostages, and they strapped the hostages with dynamite, and they put the hostages in a, in a bank vault for like 130-something hours until they were dramatically rescued by the police. I think the police like drilled a hole in the roof or something. Listen to how psychologist Dr. Joseph Carver explains what happened after the hostages were rescued. He said, the hostages exhibited a shocking attitude considered, considering the fact that they were threatened and abused and, and that they feared for their lives for over five days. The psychologist says, in their media interviews, it was clear that the hostages supported their captors and they actually feared the law enforcement officials who came to rescue them. The hostages had begun to feel that the captors were actually protecting them from the police. How insane is that? One woman later became engaged to one of the captors, and another woman set up a, like a, a, a foundation or a legal defense fund to aid in the criminal defense's legal fees. Can you believe it? 
The psychologist says the hostages had bonded with their captors. How do we miss the point on Sundays like the leaders of the synagogue? How do we forget that Sundays are all about healing, all about this encounter with Jesus being seen by him and called out by him and touched by him? How do we forget? I think it's some kind of spiritual Stockholm syndrome. That's the story from which the name derives. Stockholm syndrome, where you become attached to your captors. You don't realize it, but you cannot even remember what health or wholeness or freedom is like. For 18 years, this woman had lived in this illness. We might imagine for 18 years, the leader of the synagogue had lived in his legalism, and both of them were spiritually asleep. Today and every Sabbath day, Jesus, the living Christ, wants to wake us from our spiritual Stockholm syndrome, reminding us that healing is still possible. So perhaps like the woman in the story, you and I are bent over for so long that we can't even imagine what it would be like to stand up straight. We've grown comfortable with our bondage, our depression, our wound, our betrayals, our addiction. Others are perhaps more like the synagogue leader. We're so delusional at this point after 18 years that we don't even think we need healing. Jesus comes to us every Sunday to wake us up, to bring us to the table, and to put his incarnate flesh on us, his body and blood connected with our body and blood in the miracle of the Eucharist. May this be true for us today. O Lord of the Sabbath, we pray. Amen.